1: Moving our Podcast, Markets with Chip Nellengret. Chip is back here from Blue Reef Marketing out in Morton, Illinois. And nice to us come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. Chip, how you doing, bud? Doing well. Trying to uh, stay cool here, Casey. We've had some heat yeah. here
3: that uh, we haven't had since uh, the drought in 2012. It's supposed to be 102 here today.
1: That might be nothing for you out in Nebraska, but uh, that's getting uh, cranked up here in Illinois. You know, I'll tell you what, this is the first week we've had temperatures in the high 90s, low 100s all summer long. So we've had a very... Cool, wet summer—way out of the ordinary for us. But it's been uh, a—I mean, I'll take it. But this—this is—it's a pleasant change to have some—some bright, sunny sun and some warmth out there compared to what it's been. It's definitely warm here. I will give you that. Yeah. So speaking of weather, right? So we look at what's going on—the weather patterns right now. We take a look at some geopolitical stuff happening with what Russia's doing, more or less weaponizing uh, the—the food—the food. infrastructure over there in in ukraine to where they can't get anything out we had a huge run after the report came out last week dove off came right back up we had a couple more days of pretty good runs up and then we kind of had some 25 50 cent runs and then this rest of this week here since about tuesday we've given it all back so i guess looking at what's going on was this a little bit of an overreaction then we're going back to correction and and we're going to see some more of this kind of hyper volatility throughout the uh, growing sea rest of the growing season I think we are. Uh, I think
3: this is just uh, par for the course in here. Uh, And you hit the the nail on the head. There's two things. There's weather and there's Ukraine. And the weather, um, you know, this is pretty well publicized, this heat that we're having right now. We've been talking about this for 10 days. So this is pretty well dialed into, um, you know, where we've been trading. Now, the question becomes, uh, as we turn the calendar next week uh, into August, is this heat going to stick around? Are we going to have, you know, warmer and drier than average conditions? Because it still very much matters for final corn and bean yields. both. You know, we got a lot of corn here that's, uh, you know, just finished pollinating in pretty good conditions, had some rain, had some fairly cool temperatures. But now we've got the, um, uh, you know, the, the mercury uh, blowing up through the uh, top of the thermometer here. Is that going to stick into August? There's some hints in the weather models that uh, things moderate a little bit, maybe get back to normal temps, um, you know, kind of mid 80s, maybe low 90s and some better rain. I'm not so confident um, in these long-range weather models. They haven't been right for going on 18 months now, or very correct. Uh, they flip-flop on a daily basis. So you're just kind of walking in another one of those weekends where what happens come Sunday night, Monday, with those uh, extended weather models are very much going to have a volatile influence on the markets. And, and then probably more so is this Russian-Ukraine uh, situation. You, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Russia pulls out of the Black Sea um, you know, grain corridor agreement. Uh, on top of that, they start uh, start bombing, um, you know, infrastructure in, um, uh, in Ukraine, uh, ports and facilities. And then there was some talk that, well, that's OK. Um, you know, Ukraine can rail and truck uh, and ship via river into uh, out the west part of uh, Ukraine into Europe. No problems. We can get all our grain exported out through Europe. Well, then Russia started bombing the uh, Danube River ports yeah. and facilities. And so yeah. you you had some massive swings in wheat. You, you I mean, untold volatility. Uh, at one point, we were limit up this week, uh, earlier this week. And then two days later, we didn't quite trade limit down, but we were 55 plus lower at one point. And uh, so we're going to end up the week here almost 70 cents, maybe a touch more off of the week's highs in wheat, still above the lows from the previous week. So even though the Daily rangers is swinging 30, 40, 50 cents in here, uh, we're still in an uptrend uh, in wheat. The funds are still short. Uh, the market maybe is kind of breathing a, a, an all clear almost. And I'm not so sure it's it's reading it right. I, I think this might be take a, a longer time frame to kind of figure out what really um, can we expect Ukraine to export? And then, you know, of course, Putin's, um, you know, tooting his own horn out there meeting with some leaders in Africa saying, we're going to give you free grain. Don't worry about Ukraine. We're going to give you free grain as you read between the lines. He's talking about 50,000 to a hundred thousand tons. So inconsequential in the big picture, but it sounds good on the headlines. And I think more than anything, that's, um, kind of what took us off our highs is, is kind of the headlines this week. And uh, and it did appear that Russia kind of slowed the the bombing down of, mm-hmm. you know, ports. But then here just yet today, you had a, a story out that maybe Ukraine did a counterattack and and was blowing up uh, some Russian-controlled ports along the Black Sea. And that swung wheat 25 cents <laughs> off of its earlier lows. And then we sold yep. off 20 cents from there. so. It's just, I mean, traders are weary right now, myself included. Uh, what's the next headline? What's the next 30, 40, 50 cent swing in wheat, in corn, in beans? And uh, I think we're just getting started. I don't think we're at the end of it. I think we're just getting started with this
1: volatility. Yep. Have you heard anything? Cause I've read some headlines and, and I've heard a couple of people bring it up. And I talked you know, talk to Sean Hackett earlier this week. You talked about it too. But Europe closing off uh, land transport of grain out of Ukraine because of what it's doing to their local markets?
3: Well, I haven't heard that this week. A couple weeks back, there was some talk, particularly in Poland, that, you know, um, Russia, I should say Ukraine, putting out uh, some of those exports or or exporting out of Ukraine into Western Europe and Poland in particular was depressing their local grain prices. So, you know, they're, they're farmers there saying, hey, you know, Ukraine's dumping their grain Uh, you know, we don't really need that extra supply necessarily right now. And it was affecting local grain prices in different areas of of Western Europe. And there was a little bit of of pushback on that. So I didn't hear a lot of that this week. Uh, There were so many headlines. It doesn't mean that wasn't out, (laughs) but there's just so many moving parts. It's it's unfathomable how many moving parts there are. And it's not just wheat, it's corn. Uh, Ukraine is a massive provider of soy oil. Well, we've tightened this world vegetable oil market up and if soy oil is, uh, you know, not going to, uh, you know, as readily move into the uh, marketplace there in that Black Sea area in Europe, uh, that kind of changes the name of the game uh, in the world vegetable oil trade. So, yeah, it has long, long-ranging and reaching um, tentacles here as to what transpires going forward, and it just seems like on a daily and weekly basis it, it deteriorates. And yeah. you know, on top of it, I think the market kind of forgot that. You know, we we're in the, going into the second growing season of this war for Ukraine. They cut last year their their acreage back by fifty percent of normal. I believe it got cut even more dramatically this year. So at a certain point, their production is going to be small enough that there's going to be less and less, um, you know, to talk about even exporting out of Ukraine because they their planted acreage is down so much and you know, lack of access to, to fuel, lack of access to, you know, some different, uh, uh, inputs. And so it's a disaster over there. And, you know, I'm not sure the market is quite reading it just right uh, yet. You know, price is the winner. You can't fight price, Mm -hmm. but I'm not so sure we've heard the end of this. and, And I'm not so sure that you've seen the high, uh, in the wheat market, uh, just yet, especially if it looks like, um, that Black Sea or, or Ukraine, um, you know, agricultural exports are going to be hurt as much as what it uh, appears it could be going forward.
1: Yep. All right. So let's talk about the weather side of this market. When you're looking to see what's happening there, you've got this high heat during, you know, peak corn pollination, uh, that, that heat's supposed to carry over uh, into not so much the first week of August, but kind of Tend depending on where you're at kind of hanging around a little bit. But that second week August, they're really looking at some pretty heavy heat coming back into, into play. So that would be peak pod setting time uh, during um, during soy, soybean um, production. So I guess looking at this weather model and the weather models you're looking at and the areas that we're in, I know you were really dry, got some good rain, and now you're it's hot and dry again. And it's pretty I don't know how much of that's stuck around if it's turning dry again on you, but you know, looking at that key um, corn and soybean belts based around the stuff that we have in play right now, it kind of looks like we could be headed towards maybe a a tougher end of this harvest than what we thought. Yeah. And that
3: I think still matters. I don't think the market's uh, ready to make a final determination yet. It's trading here on Friday, kind of like it expects August to be pretty normal with some better rains. Uh, we aren't critical yet. I mean, we haven't had, um, a, a real good rain for a while, a couple weeks in here. We've had a lot of heat this week. And so we're going to need some rain pretty quickly within the next week or 10 days. If we get it, uh, you know, I, I think things look really good given how dry we were in May and June, but if we're going to kind of flip back and we're going to really struggle here and only get a quarter or a half inch here and the heat comes back, uh, we're going to struggle and probably take the top end off. Uh, of this uh, corn and bean yields going forward. So we're kind of right on that fence. It's hard to say, um, you know, what that stress did in May and June. Some people think it, it did nothing and we still have full yield potential. That's hard for me to to, to believe necessarily, although I'm not an agronomist. Um, nonetheless, the next four weeks in August really could tell the tale as to, you know, take a Bushel, two bushels, three bushels off a of national average bean yields, or sustain it right in that 51 and 52 range if we get cooler temperatures and rain. And, you know, I know I've witnessed firsthand hot August um, in years past can take 15, 20 bushels out of the crop uh, really quickly in a matter of 10 days, really. You know, if you don't get the right um, temperature and rainfall in August during grain fill, it just decimates crops. So the next four weeks really going to tell the tale. I think it's way too early to to say that we've got um you know these yields uh, secured and and in the bag yet and still highly highly dependent upon temperature and rainfall the next four weeks
1: yeah okay all right last question i'll let you get i know you're up against the clock here so i'll let you get on your way but you look at the hog market right now hog market's had a pretty good week they've been and you know week and a half or so a lot of that's coming off the news that we saw come out of california um some of that panic buying that we see there kind of kind of prop that up a little bit um with the uh the prop 18 or whatever it is that's out there that they're trying to slow the uh the transition of of you know hogs into that aren't raised in a certain way back into california so looking at that you've seen some movement back in with china coming in and buying just a little bit not a bunch a little bit of hogs they're slowly starting to make a turnaround but hogs have seen uh, you know a little bit of a peak here a little little glimpse of the sun here for a minute so i guess looking at the hog market what are your thoughts
3: yeah um you know, I think we're seeing the benefit of, um, you know, a lot of demand out of, uh, California as they kind of fully implement this proposition 12 deal. Uh, you know, the, uh, um, leftists, uh, dream, uh, I guess, I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, anyway, we're, we, we did, it did prop the cash market up, um, in the cutout and, and it's still pretty strong, um. I think that's what's supporting the front month. Is still, I, I think I didn't check it today, but you know you're looking at uh, the lean index that's uh, trading 102, 103 range, and so that's holding the August uh, lean hog futures up. The deferreds, the October and the December feel like they want to break. Now, I, I, why I would qualify this is you look at uh, a seasonal pattern over the last 40 years, and you're within two weeks, maybe give or take, uh, call it within the next three weeks for sure of when we normally put a seasonal top in place. So if we do top the cash and cutout uh, markets and see August and the lean index start trending lower, I think you could quickly see a lot of pressure on the uh, at least October and December contracts. So, um, you know, still remains to be seen how that's all going to shake out with this California deal. But it does look like they're serious. Um, it, It is in law. It's been you know, upheld uh, through the courts. And so as you go forward, I think it's still going to take some time to get the the, uh, rest of our hog production compliant. And so what that might do is um, keep a little bit of demand that you normally would see out of California out of the market. And if it's the same time that we peak seasonally here in August, the, you know, the cash top in hogs, it could get a little bit ugly out there. So I think producers need to really, uh, you know, keep a close eye particularly on these uh, third and fourth quarter hogs, which typically aren't very good. Historically, they're still at very good levels. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it should be front and center in producers' minds right now.
1: Right on. All right, Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast. If folks want to reach out to get more information about what you're doing over at Blue Reef. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just
3: uh, call our office uh, here in Morton, Illinois. It's 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. We're not high pressure at all uh love to hear from you uh, right wrong or indifferent you think i said something crazy which usually happens we don't get the calls <laughs> like hey i i heard you and I, I agree with everything you said it's usually people that say you're crazy you, you couldn't be more
1: wrongs but either way give us a call we'd love to chat with you right on all right Chip. appreciate you being the podcast man we'll catch you next week all right thanks casey have a good weekend you too. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go over to the YouTube channel, Moving Iron Podcast, and check out everything on the Moving Iron website, which is MovingIronLLC.com. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go to some iron, folks. Axon wow. started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment.
2: The 21st century